Thanks for listening to the Voice Church Podcast. We are a new life-giving multi-ethnic church located in Orange County, California. We meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Tustin. For more information, check out our social media or our website at www.voice.church. And now, let's tune in to this week's message. Ah, bittersweet morning. Bittersweet. If you have uh, anxiety, you're like, oh, you're, you're going to miss Joe. You can channel that into World Vision and run. You know, you get, some, get your wiggles out. 13.1 miles will do it. It's a long way. Uh, I was talking to Eric, uh, one of our elders, this morning, and he's like, uh, I might do the, the full marathon. I was like, that is insane. I can't imagine. I was telling the, uh, Wes and Darlene, I couldn't imagine finishing the, the half marathon last year and going, Halfway, I can, it's only, I, I, just a good warm up. I got 13 more. There's no, I, I question my life decisions after like mile eight. It's like, why? I can, I can just send them a check. Uh, it's just as good. <laughs> you know, anyways. Um, hey, one last thing. Uh, a lot of you guys gave to uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, which, which was last month. Uh, so thank you for everyone that uh, gave and supported that. I just want to make you aware of something. Uh, there's some folks on the, uh, listen, no one on the, on the staff, no one on the team is here for the money. Trust me, I can show you how much everyone gets paid. You'd be like, wow, you can make more money uh, running the cashier at Wendy's, and you'd be right. Uh, so no one is, you know, getting paid anywhere near what they're worth on the team. And so uh, there's a, some individual on the team that just because they haven't been seminary trained or whatever, they're not a pastor, they're a leader, or they're a director or whatever. Um, and we just felt like, you know what, even though they don't have pastor in front of their name, they're still a pastor. They still operate as a pastor, they shepherd people, they care for hearts. Uh, they do a lot of the same things anybody with a pastor in front of their name is. And so I uh, hope it's okay with you. If not, we did it anyways. Uh, we just divvied up the check to everybody on the team, whether they're a pastor or not. So uh, thank you to everyone that uh, gave. And yeah, a little more gas in the tank, literally. $6 gas in the tank. Okay, uh, hey, we're uh, launching a new series today uh, called I Have Spoken. I have spoken. Ironically, ironically, we didn't plan this totally, but it, 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 it's from the Star Wars universe too. And you're like, God, maybe we, is this like a Star Wars church? Because uh, our last series was, uh, this is the way. It's not going to be like, the next one's not going to be like, you know, prequel or whatever. Like it's, so anyways, it's, it is from the Star Wars universe. There's a guy named Queel. You guys know Queel? Uh, Queel, uh, here he is. Uh, it sounds like, like someone from the South saying Quill, doesn't it? Queel. Anyways, his name is Queel. Uh, and uh, he would, do you know what he says? Have you guys ever watched like Star Wars stuff? Well, he'll, he'll say something. He's like an old, old guy. He's like, my, he reminds me of my dad. Uh, my dad doesn't look like that, but he kind of talks like that. And he'll say something. And then when he's done with the conversation, he'll just say, what, you know, I have spoken. In other words, hey, conversation over. I have spoken. It's like when I was a kid, uh, I'm, no, I'm not like this anymore, of, co- of course, but when I was a kid, I would push back on every rule. Why, 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 do, why can't I eat a whole pizza by myself? Why can't I, you know, hey, my friends, all my friends get to do whatever. Why can't I go to the party? And my dad would just get to a point, he'd say, because I, what, said so, right? And then if he got really frustrated, uh, he, would, he would, I've never heard any of their parents say this, uh, but my dad would say, Taka, period, end of conversation. Have you guys ever heard that before? I've never heard, you're like, yeah. I've never, only my dad. Daka, you cannot go to that party Friday night, period. End of conversation, right? I have spoken. And what he's saying is, 
do this if you want to live, right? It's like, hey, this is, we're not talking about this. This is what is happening. It's not Taka, I'll take what your, view, your viewpoint in consideration because your voice matters and I care, I care about your heart and what you're feeling. Let's unpack what your emotions, you didn't care about any of that, right? It's like, hey, I have spoken, end of conversation, period, you're done. Do this if you want to live. Right, so what we're gonna do, it's like, what does this have to do with Jesus? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take the next few weeks and unpack a few things that Jesus said. And after Jesus says these things, I want you to picture him saying, period, end of conversation. I have spoken. This is not a suggestion. This is not, uh, you know, if you'd like to do this, think about it. It's, look, period, end of conversation, I have spoken. So today is gonna feel kind of like an old-fashioned Bible study a little bit. So some of you guys are like super cool with that. Some of you guys might be triggering, but we're going to do it anyways. Uh, Matthew 28, uh, verse 18. It's uh, a, what a lot of people call the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Uh, so Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. So the first verse there, verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. What Jesus is saying is, look, there's no authority higher than me. Like Karen, you can't talk to my manager. There's no boss. There's no supervisor. There's no appeal process. Like I am the authority. This is my dad saying, because I said so, Right? Listen, he's saying, not only do I have authority over everything you know about, I have, over, I have authority over the things that you won't discover for thousands of years. Things that you have no concept of, things you have no even awareness of, I have authority over that too. And not only do I have authority over all these things, I understand. I understand what you're going through. I understand your point of view. I understand your perspective. I understand why you see things the way you see it. And I understand things that are way outside your purview things that you can't even begin to comprehend. I not only can comprehend them, I can understand them. I have all the authority. I have all the information. So what I'm about to tell you is of utmost important. What I'm about to tell you is really, really important because you're gonna be tempted to make following me revolve around a bunch of things that aren't this thing that I'm about to tell you. And they aren't bad things. They're fine unless they become the most important thing over what I'm about to tell you. So let me give you a little example. Let's, let's, let's actually turn the house lights up uh, a bit. I want to uh, practice something real quick. We'll test your guys' memory, okay? So some of you guys have a really good memory. The, 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 what, what, the stats I heard was the average person can keep seven things in their mind, okay? And after you uh, have like your eighth thing they have to put in your mind, like, like even while you're at church, I'm sure you were like, I got to get eggs on the way home or I have to do whatever, right? And the minute you have like an eighth thing, then something falls off and you can't remember what it is. And if that happens enough times, that's where the feeling of overwhelm comes from. Because you know you're forgetting things, but you don't remember what you forgot. So you just feel overwhelmed, right? So some people, the average is seven things. Some of you guys, like the waiters at, you know, Macaroni Grill can memorize everyone's orders custom and like you're another animal. For me, I think I can memorize three things. Uh, but anyways, we're going to go around. I'm going to give you 10 seconds, and I want you to look around the room and try to remember as many red things as you can. As many red things as you can. Okay? 10 seconds. Ready, set, go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 
10. Okay, there's no prize, but the prize is pride. But okay, how many guys uh, can remember three of those things? Good, okay, five, five, seven, seven. Okay, I think it was five, six is kind of where we stopped. Oh, Ashley gets seven. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't want to put Ashley on the spot. She'll kill me later. But I want you to now think about, okay, now I was going to have Ashley stand up, but she's like, I will stab you. Um, And I was going to have Ashley stand up and go, uh, now repeat back, list off as many blue things as you can remember. You'd be like, you said red. I know. This is the point. Whatever you focus on, whatever you focus on, you you do it to the exclusion of everything else. It's the way our, our, our brains are made, right? This is why comparison is so detrimental, right? Because when you compare yourself to other people because of social media or because you just drive by other people's lawns and the guys are like, I wish my lawn looked like that, right? What are they doing? Do they have a job? Do they just work on their lawn all day? Uh, so they mow every day with a real mower. You know, anyways, I digress. Uh, you're seeing my jealousy come out. Uh, so... This, but you look at the other people and what it does, you're training your mind to focus on all the things, to look for all the things that other people have and you don't and you wish you did. And what happens is when you focus on all the things you don't have, you miss all the things you do, right? You focus on all the red things, you miss all the blue things. This is why gratitude is so important. Every day, nearly every, I think 90% of the days, I start my day with a gratitude journal. I literally just list off three or four things. It's a template on my, my uh, journaling app, and I list off three or four things that I'm grateful for. And I, I tell myself, as much, some, I, I must, as much as I can remember, I can't repeat the things that I used to say. Right? And the, the first week or so, you're like, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for food. But when you get to day 563, you're just like, I'm thankful for my little toe. And I'm thankful that I have two eyeballs. And I'm th- you know, it's like, but what is it doing? It's training you to focus on all the blessings in your life. And when you do that, you will naturally, it's not like all your problems go away, right? It, but they kind of lose their color. They're kind of in black and white, desaturated in the background. This is why worship is so important. Right? Because when you focus on God, when you worship God, then all of a sudden you fade to the background. Your problems fade to the background. All the other things kind of take less. You're training your heart on what to focus on. Right? So this is what Jesus is talking about. Look, I have all context. I have all authority. I have all perspective. What I'm about to say is the number one thing you need to focus on. Other things are fine, but this needs to come first. He's like, you're going to get stuck focusing on the tree. I need you to widen your lens and focus on the whole forest. What I'm about to tell you is the most important thing. And it cannot become a side thing. And it cannot become a non-existent thing. And the thing is, for what we're about to talk about, for most Christians, this thing that Jesus says is the most important, most Christians have it nowhere on the radar at all. Like it is just not even top 10 of following Jesus. And unfortunately, that becomes a culture of churches. And churches are not much different. Not all churches. I'm not saying we're the best church. I mean, by no means. I'm just saying for all, and the data proves it. There's a LifeWay research that a study in 2020 from 2019 numbers. The most recent, exhaustive church data survey we have. Can't wait until the next one comes out because I think we're accelerating in the wrong direction. Pretty sure. The average church size in 2019 was 65 people. 65, that dropped from like 110 down to 65. 
pre-COVID, pre-COVID, okay? 3,000 churches started in the U.S. That's awesome. 4,500 churches closed. Not awesome. So 50% more churches closed than were started. This is in 2019. This is a problem. Why is that happening? Because of what we're talking about today, right? So I want us to be clear about what we're talking about. Jesus knows what he's talking about. Eternity is on the line. Eternity is on the line. So Jesus then goes into the part that he needs them to remember. Verse 19, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. See, all of us are called to do this. I think sometimes we can read scripture and go, oh no, I didn't go to seminary. No, I'm not a small group leader. No, I don't do that. I'm not, I'm not an extrovert, right? So I am, we all think all the reasons why we are exempt from this. Look, every single person, uh, if you're a Christ follower, if you're not a Christ follower, you can follow whatever you want to follow. But if you call yourself a Christ follower, this is what it means to be a Christ follower. All of us have two callings in life, an individual calling and a universal calling. So an individual calling is like your unique gifts, passions, how God designed you. Things that are almost like your, what my friends would call like an unfair advantage. Things that you're just naturally good at that all, everyone else is like, how the heck do you do that? You're like, how do you not, how can you not do this? Why can't you just see how to use spreadsheets? Why aren't you good with people? Why are you, you know, because if we're not good at what you're good at, it looks like magic, right? It's your unfair advantage, the way God designed you, right? The thing that you're passionate about, that you're like, why doesn't everybody care about this as much as you do? Because God called you to care about it. God called you to do something about it, right? We'll support you on that, but you're called to really care about it, do something about it, right? So that's your, your, your individual calling. But then all of us have a universal calling, something that all of us are called to do. And our universal calling is the Great Commission. Our universal calling is not going to church, as important as church is. Our universal calling is not singing one fast song, two slow songs before announcements on Sundays. Your universal calling is not just serving and greeting people on a Sunday morning. All those things are good and all those things are important. But you cannot tithe your way out of getting out of the Great Commission. Does that make sense? So, you still, are you guys okay? Okay, so... Um, Thank you for being part of it, being, being a church family. It allows us to say hard things. It's going to get worse. Okay, Jesus says, Jesus says, go, go. <laughs> I was going to list off all the times that there's like this, I forgot the phrase. It's like a participle and a something else. This terminatical blah, blah. Anyways, so it's go and make, go and make. And this is, this is used, this kind of phrasing is used all throughout Jesus's teachings and it's never passive. It's always action. It takes intentionality. It takes getting off the couch. And what Jesus is like, if I were to see like my kid uh, on the couch doing whatever, and I was like, hey, go and take out the trash. What that would mean is that's gonna be inconvenient for you right now. That's not gonna be what you are currently doing. I understand that. It's not gonna fit in with what your plan was. I understand that. Go and take out the trash. Not talk to your friends about taking out the trash. Not pray about the importance of taking out the trash. Not sing songs about taking out the trash. Go and take out the trash, right? So 
I know that's none of us, but there's, there's an old, old uh, uh, leader that said that Christians don't, don't tell lies, they sing them. Anyways, um, so this means that if to go and make, that means you're gonna have to leave whatever you're currently doing. Yeah. If you're waiting for the perfect time for this to happen, you have to create it, right? This will definitely, definitely get in the way of other things you have planned. See, priorities have a, have a tendency to do that, right? Priorities have a tendency to get you to spend money in different ways than you want to in the moment. Priorities have a tendency to get you to eat different things than you want in the moment, right? That's why they're priorities. They're pre-decisions or pre-choice choices. But if you make good priorities, it'll lead you to a better place. And so Jesus says, go. And then he says, make disciples of all nations, which is like super intimidating, Make disciples of all nations? I don't even know if, if I know how to read. Like, if I said, you know, like, well, some of you guys grew up in the church, sword drill, uh, Ezekiel chapter six. Some of you guys are like, sword drill? That means you didn't grow up in church. So some of you guys that grew up in, like, kids' church, sword drill means you, who can find the verse the fastest? It means you love Jesus the most. So <laughs> if, it's, if it's like, but that's not how this works. So he says, go and make disciples. Again, this is active. This is active. He didn't say, think about it, pray about it, talk about it, have small group series about it. He says, do it. Actively make disciples. And discipleship can only, only happen up close. And again, I wanna be so, so clear on this. This means if you're gonna follow Jesus, this means that's one less business call you can make. That's gonna mean one less TV show you can stream. I'm not saying you can't do any of that stuff. We sacrifice so easily for things we care about. The problem is, do we care about the things Jesus cares about? Because we'll say like, oh, talk, I don't have time to do any of this. But then if I was like, okay, bro, I got a great deal for you on this car. I got a great deal for you on this vacation. If you can come up with this, 50% of what it normally is, if you can come up with this amount of money in short, you will sacrifice for it. You will get less sleep for it. You will hustle for it, right? So anyways, you so good with me? Okay, so this can only happen up close. And this is so, so, so intimidating. I've never met anybody that like, thrives on this. I've been in ministry since 1996, right? Many moons ago. I still get nervous when I call someone from the church. I, I'm, I still think they're going to think I'm an idiot. They're going to think I'm a stalker. They're going to think like, right? When I text someone, hey, would you want to get lunch on a regular basis or coffee on a regular basis? I'd love to you know, invest in you. And I'm, I'm thinking they're going to think I'm an idiot right? I still feel that. So I guarantee a lot of you feel that too, right? So it, it's intimidating. It doesn't mean that you have to break down the Greek and Hebrew with people. If you feel like, well, in order for me to disciple someone or make disciples, that means I need to like go, well, this is a map of the Holy Land and this is Paul's second missionary journey. You don't have to do that. God's changed your life. So many of you, God's changed your life. And there's things that you can teach somebody else that would be life-changing for them. I want you to think about the people that most impacted your life, right? My guess is they didn't always say the right thing. They, didn't, they weren't the most elite Oxford-trained theologian, right? My guess is they just made it intentional. They just pulled you aside and said, man, you have, you have leadership in you. Man, you're... You, man, this, I don't know if you noticed, but what you, the way you visited that greeter, the way that you, man, you're a natural leader. You're a, you make a difference. You light up a room when you come in, right? 
It's so simple. The people that most impacted my life, they're never gonna be on the cover of GQ. I'm telling you, I can name names, but they might watch this later. They're not the people that you would pick. I would not be here today if it wasn't for them. You can make disciples and God's called you to make disciples. The easiest, the easiest step just to get intentional community is just to join a small group. It really is. It's the same reason if any of you guys do like group fitness classes or whatever, the reason why those work is because you start skipping those classes. The next time you go back, someone's going to go, where you been? Right? Where you been? They notice when you're not there. And also if you have like a 430 class, then when it, the whole thing of like, oh, I'll just work out later on my, on my own. No, you won't. No, you won't. But when it comes to 410 and you better get your butt out the door to make it to class, there's accountability there. It's the same way. If small group, what it does is it takes those conversations that you have every Sunday with people going, hey, we should hang out sometime. Kids have the same conversation next week. We should hang out sometime, right? Two years later, we should hang out sometime. Instead, fighting the traffic on the five and getting in the community, right? That's how that happens. Some of you guys, I hear this all the time where people are like, I haven't found community here at Voice. You attend sporadically. Can I just lovingly tell you this? You attend sporadically, right? You don't serve on a team anywhere, right? Which we, there's, there's zero pressure to serve on a team, right? You don't get like a membership card if you serve on a team, you, but it, you serve on a team with other people that are humans that want community too, that notice when you're like, man, you looked off today, you okay? So as we're putting up signs, as we're greeting people, dude, what's going on? Anything I can pray for? You okay? Right? So you, you attend sporadically, you don't serve on a team, you're not in a small group, and then you're like, talk, I just, it's been really hard to find community. Yeah. I tend to have like zero relationship with people I don't hang out with. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really shocking. You know what I mean? So anyways, of course you haven't found community. How could you? How could you? We don't have small groups. We get like internet points if we have small groups. We have small groups because life is better in circles. There's power in rows. When we worship together, we pray together, we learn together, but circles are so much better than rows. I'll tell you what, and man, I probably shouldn't say this, but if someone's like, I only have time for small group or church, which one should I go to? Small group. Small group. Because you may, even though we're smaller right now, if you miss a Sunday, there's a good chance that most of the room won't notice. You come in and you feel a little bit off, there's a good chance most people won't notice. You go to small group and you, you're off, you're tired, you're stressed, you're excited about something, you better believe your small group notices, right? That's why small group is so important. Life is better in circles. So maybe, maybe you need to reach out to someone and ask them if they'd be willing to go out to coffee on a regular basis, lunch on a regular basis, right? To, if you can help them learn to grow in their faith. And if you're like, Taka, I need that. Okay, cool. Then reach out to someone and say, can you have coffee on a regular basis, lunch on a regular basis? And can you help me? This is what the church is meant to be, be done. In the New Testament, a lot of times these letters are, we'll say it's written to this person and the church that meets in your house. Church was always meant to be done in community, right? Maybe, maybe there's like a parent at like your kids, like sports thing, and you're always bumping into the same parent. Maybe God has you in that relationship for a reason. Maybe God wants to do something with that relationship. Maybe there's more at work than you may see, right? So Jesus continues. 
He says, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism is such a big part. And I know it's awkward. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. In the, in the first century, baptism was done at the water uh, like source that everyone hung out with. So this was like the, the water cooler, the water park, the laundromat, the, you know, everything. This is where everyone hung out. They didn't go to the, the movie theater. They would go to the water. This is everything, right? So when you got baptized, everybody in town knew about it. It's like the today's version of changing your profile picture on social media. Like, it's like everyone knew about it. And we've made baptism today this private thing that only very few people see in church. This is why even though we have our own space, we still baptize in public spaces, at HOA pools, at hot tubs, and like uh, at uh, Pirate's Cove out in uh, Newport Beach. And it's awkward, it's super awkward. And we're like sensitive to what's going on. I mean, you have like guys rock climbing, guys, just, people just enjoying their day, people taking pictures for their Instagram of their butts over here. You know what I mean? It's like, I wish it wasn't true. Like you have all this stuff happening. And then in the middle of it, we're doing baptisms. You're like, this is really awkward. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Because if you can't do that, you'll never follow Jesus at work. Right? If that's too far, you're never, you'll never actually live it out later. So if you want to get, if you haven't been baptized yet, since you've been part of Voice and since you made a decision to follow Jesus, we'd be honored to baptize you. Everything we do around here is starting to move to keywords just because it's easy. So it's, just, it's the same phone number we ask you to text CASA to. Uh, it's just text baptism to that. It's our church phone number. If you're like going, how to memorize that phone number? Just go to our website. It's the number. Go to Yelp. It's the number. Facebook. It's the number, right? So just text baptism to that number and a little registration link will go back to you. Uh, and if you ever have any questions, you can always just text or call that number and someone will answer it. Unless it's like two in the morning, then we'll hit you up later. So uh, Jesus continues. So if you haven't been baptized yet, get baptized. Verse 20 says this, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given to you. Teach these disciples to obey all my commands I have given to you. In other words, he's saying, hey, going to church is good. Being a nice person is good. But as followers of Jesus, our, our highest priority is to obey what he said, to do what he said to do. And too often, the Great Commission, along with a lot of other things Jesus said, the Great Commission becomes a great suggestion. And the Great Suggestion becomes a great omission. That's a problem. That's a problem. A lot of times the Great Commission can be a great suggestion. Great suggestion becomes a great omission. You're like, but talk, I'm doing fine because I go to church regularly. I'm doing fine because I talk. I'm doing fine because I'm, I'm doing this or that. But you're not making any disciples. Don't make it more complicated than it is. All you're doing is you're helping people move one step closer to Jesus. That's it. That's it. All of us are called to reach people for Jesus. So again, thank you for letting me teach you hard things. I'm going to say something that might offend you. Okay, so here's the next thing. It's too common to go to church for years, never make one disciple, and call ourselves a Christ follower. And Jesus would say, no, no. It's too common to go to church, never make one disciple, and then call ourselves a Christ follower. Thank you for letting us teach you hard things. So I want you to rate yourself, okay? I want you to rate yourself. On a scale of one to 10, from apathetic to passionate, okay? And, and the metric is reaching and teaching people to follow Jesus. 
where are you? Where are you? One is like, you never let anyone to the Lord. You rarely bring anybody to church. You don't think about it. It's not on your radar at all. You're not praying for God to give you courage or praying for God to, to connect you to the right people. You're not praying God to highlight people that I need to talk to. Here's the thing. Can I just put one caveat too? Don't be weird about this. I'm not saying put a sandwich board and start yelling at people at Irvine Spectrum. Okay, like, please don't do that. And if you do that, don't have voice church anywhere. <laughs> like, like, say you go to a different church if you're gonna be weird about it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying have an urgency about it, but not a weirdness about it, right? So one would be apathetic. And then 10 would be like, you lead someone to the Lord every day. You're constantly praying for people to, you know, soften their hearts towards Jesus. You're bringing friends to church all the time. Where are you? Where are you? I honestly want to take a moment and for, I'm not going to go like down the rows, but do you have a number? Do you have a number? This isn't to make you feel bad. This isn't to guilt you or to shame you. It's just that you can only start where you actually are, right? You can't start with where you want to be. You can't start with where you wish you were. You can only start with where you actually are. And so where that needs to start is with a little honest check and go, yeah, I'm like at a three, bro. I'm at a three. It's almost like the guy went to Jesus like, I, I have some belief, but help me with my unbelief, right? You may be someone you're going, I don't, if I'm totally honest, I don't care about this, but I want to care about it. Hey, that's a step. You're at a 1.2. There's nowhere to go but up, right? But you're honest about where you are, Okay. So let me give you a few quick handles on how to kind of move forward no matter where you're at between one uh, and 10. Uh, Number one, we don't just invite, we bring. We don't just invite, we bring. Look, praying for someone to come to church is good. Inviting them to come to church is good. Bringing them is better, right? Praying for someone to come to church, we should do that. Uh, Inviting them like, hey, you know, Joe, if you're going to come to church with me, you're always welcome to come. Cool, that's honestly the same thing as we should hang out sometime, right? It's a totally different thing to, dude, what are you doing Sunday? What are you doing Sunday? Church starts at 10.30, I'll pick you up at 10. We'll swing through, swing through Starbucks, get your little mocha frappuccino, uh, right? And we'll, we'll get to service. You can sit next to me, bro. I'll introduce you to a bunch of cool people, grab lunch afterwards. That's different. Inviting someone and bringing someone are different. Why? Because we all need a guide. We all need a guide right? Just kind of a, just so you know a little bit more about me, I'm an introvert, super introvert. I hate going to places where I don't know people. We would go to like these chamber of commerce mixers kind of thing. And I would feel so dumb. You want to, some of you guys are like this, where we haven't even walked into the place yet. Like we parked, we're, because I know there's a bunch of people that have known each other for years and I'm the outsider and I'm like, oh, I'm Polka, who are you? You know, I feel so dumb. And so as we're walking in, and now he's like, yep. As we're walking into the event, I'm just like, hey, babe, let's not stay here for a super long time. Like I'm already planning my exit and we haven't even entered the building yet, <laughs> right? Are you guys like that? Like when you go to your spouse's Christmas party and you're like, can we just not be here for a long time, right? <laughs> so if you're, like, if you're like that, I totally get it. I'm right there with you. So I'm not like this uber extrovert saying, just do what I do. This is so hard for me, okay? So- but I really do want to follow Jesus. And people feel the same way about church. Do you realize if someone hasn't gone to church in a long time or maybe they left church because it was 10 kinds of crazy, 
and they haven't been back since. And then they see all this stuff on social media or the news about what Christians are like. And they always pick like the biggest dummy to represent Christianity on these news channels and stuff. And so they're like, I'm never, those are where crazy people are at. And all the stuff that I've done on the weekend, the building's probably gonna implode when I walk into the building, you know? They're super intimidated to come to church. So if you're there to go, come on, man, come with me, come with me, right? They need a guide. They need a guide. If you didn't bring anybody to church and you're like, you notice someone new, introduce yourself, just be kind. You know what it's like to be lonely in a crowd? Man, I feel that way all the time. It's, it's like, you know, when you walk out, like say you go a new first day at a new school and you got your like, go to lunch, you got your little tray with your crappy pizza, you know, your Mandarin orange slices and you're like walking out and you see everyone in the lunchroom and you're just like, I just want to disappear right now. And what do you need in that moment? You just need someone to go sit with us. That's all you need. I don't even care if it's a nerd's table. I just need someone to invite me so I'm not sitting and eating by myself outside, right? I just need someone to invite me. So in the same way, every Sunday is someone's first Sunday. Some of you guys are like, literally, it's my first Sunday today, right? Dude, invite them into your world. And if, if you make a connection, don't make it weird. Like, don't you should come to my house afterwards. Don't make it weird, all right? <laughs> right? Especially, you know, I'm single, you're single. Oh, God's got a plan. Okay, don't be weird about it, you know? But... If you make a connection with someone and there's a group of people going out to eat, invite them out. Dude, I'm telling you, invite them into the family. So one, we don't invite, we bring. Two, to step into your calling, you need to step away from your security. To step into your calling, you have to step away from security. There's no way around it. You cannot stay in the comfortable and the familiar and the secure and follow God. You can't. Whenever God calls you to do something, you will have to take a risk. Don't be surprised by it. Expect it. One of my best friends, he, would tra- he trains worship leaders. And you always get these really talented worship leaders that you're going, man, if I could sing like you, I would sing all the time. All, I don't care if people want to listen to me or not. I would just sing like in the mall, you know? And, but you, they're so scared. They're paralyzed by their fear. And so he always has the same conversation with me. He pulls them aside and he goes, look, you're about to go on stage. And granted, their church is huge. So it's a few thousand per service. But he goes, you need to choose fear or anointing. Pick one. Can't have both. You're going to choose to follow fear or you're going to choose to follow anointing. Pick one. Same thing with you. You want to follow God? You have to step into your fears. We'll talk about what if they don't want to go to church? What if they don't want me to pray for them? What if they think I'm weird? What if they, dude, what if they want to go to church? And they've been waiting for someone that's not weird to invite them? What if they've been asking for, you know, God to show them someone that would teach them what the Bible means because it's so confusing to them? What if they've been asking for God to show them someone to tell them that they matter and pray for because they feel alone, they feel isolated and they just want someone to, does anyone even notice that I'm around? Does anyone care that I'm around? I know I've had those thoughts, right? What if you're an answer to prayer for them? What if God wants to use you? What if there's a reason why God's putting that person's name on your heart. Don't ignore it. Text them, call them, right? To step in your calling, you have to step away from your security. My, one of my friends, he was big into like boats and sailing and all that kind of stuff. And he had this big obnoxious picture of a boat on his office wall at the church. And uh, it's, on the bottom, it said, a ship in the harbor is safe, but that's not what ships were meant for. I love that. I can, I can get down with that. I'll get nauseous on the boat, but I can get down with that quote. 
Ships in the harbor are safe. That's not what ships are meant for. Christians just sitting at church are safe. Christians just only worry about Christians. It's safe. I get it. It's comfortable. It's cozy. Hang out with your homies every Sunday. I totally get it. It's not what we're called to do. Jesus didn't say, stay and take care of each other. He said, go and make. Leave, go, make. Number three, God changed the life. We just need to follow his lead. God changed his life. We just need to follow the lead. You and I don't change someone's life. You know that? You and I don't change, God does. For some reason, he partners with us. But take the pressure off of yourself. You're like, I don't know how to convince someone. You don't have to. I've never met someone that was argued into relationship with Jesus. I've never seen someone go, man, I was, I got into this flame war on Facebook in the comment section and they argued with me and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm wrong. I need to follow Jesus now, right? Never, you don't have to argue someone. Just live it out, live it out. Jesus takes care of all the situations, all the heavy lifting. Wherever God has called you, he's already working. You don't have to ask God to come into that relationship, come and help your neighbor. He's already working. He's inviting you into the process, Right? 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says this. He says, I planted the seed in your heart. Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. In other words, dude, I, I had a part. It wasn't enough. Apollo needed to do his part too. But we didn't do the heavy lifting. God is the one that made it grow. All you gotta do is your part. All you gotta do is your part. And then Jesus, so he ends that whole section with this, verse 19. He says, you know, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, blah, 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 blah. Not saying blah, 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 it's not important, but you know what I'm saying. Verse 20, Teach these new disciples who obey all the commands I've given you. And then he ends with this. And be sure of this. I'm with you always to the very end of the age. In other words, he says, don't forget this. You're going to be scared. You're going to feel alone. Don't forget I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll be there to protect you, to guide you, to resource you. I'm not going to leave you high and dry. You're going to feel lonely at times. I'm right there with you. That there will never be a time when I'm not working alongside with you. Right? It's like the kid who learns how to ride the bike. It's the dad holding the seat. God does the heavy lifting. So in summary, we don't invite, we bring. Step in your calling, you have to step away from your security. And three, God changes the life. We just need to follow his lead. So can we be a church? Can we be a church, guys, that's faithful to the Great Commission? My favorite thing on Sundays is when this happens almost every Sunday, is when someone goes, I want to introduce you to somebody. I brought my friend to church today. And that person has a fundamentally different experience. I'll tell you this, if you feel like church is stagnant, bring a friend to church. It fundamentally changes the experience, right? It doesn't change the way God loves you. You don't get like a gold star, you know, but it'll change the way you love God, I promise you. So I wanna be a church, I wanna be a person where we say, God, God, message received, you can count on me. We'll do this. So let's pray and then uh, we'll sing one last song together, okay? God, we just thank you. God, thank you for, I just wanna say thank you for a church that lets us teach some really hard things. God, I pray, what I pray all the time is that, you know, I pray against any guilt, any condemnation. I pray no one leaves feeling shamed, uh, but God, I pray that people would leave activated, activated, that you want the best life possible for them, that when they get to be a part of someone's life changed by the power of God, that nothing else can even hold a candle to that. So God, we say move, move in our hearts, activate us, 
make a difference in our friends' lives at school, at our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, our sports teams. Work through us, God. Give us courage. Give us tact. Help us to know when to speak and when not to speak. And when we do speak, help us know what to say. God, we, want, we just want people to see you, God. We love you, God. Help us to do this right. And ultimately, would heaven be more crowded? We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and stay on. Let's sing this together. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message at Voice Church. We hope it inspired you to live a life more faithfully for Jesus and to be a voice of hope for your community. We'd love for you to join us in person on a Sunday. And until then, we hope you have a beautiful week.